Hi, and welcome to this week's LGBT Wellness Podcast. Each week, LGBT HealthLink, a program of Centerlink, brings you a roundup of some of the biggest LGBTQ wellness stories from the past week. Get ready to listen and learn lots. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another week of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. Don't forget that you can go to blog.lgbthealthlink.org if you want to find a written version of the roundup so that you can check out these stories for yourself. Let's go to our first one, anti-trans discourse harming youth. The Trevor Project published new research on the negative impact that even debate around anti-LGBT bills or policies has on youth. The vast majority, 86% of trans and non-binary youth, said that debate around anti-trans legislation had a negative impact on their mental health. More specifically, 45% said that such bills led them to experience cyberbullying, and one in three said that they avoided seeking necessary health care because they were afraid of the, the climate because of this type of bill. They also expressed other negative outcomes, like no longer speaking to certain family members or friends, facing in-person bullying, and seeing LGBT-affirming materials taken down at schools. Large portions of the youth that were uh, interviewed for this survey expressed anger at policies that would negate their right to have their pronouns respected, that would ban LGBT topics at school, and that would ban LGBT books from libraries. Next up, hormone therapy and youth mental health. On the other side of helping and hurting youth, NBC News reported on how to improve the health of trans teens. They unpack a new study from the New England Journal of Medicine, finding that after two years on hormone therapy, trans youths had higher life satisfaction and less evidence of depression and anxiety than they did before treatment. The effects were especially notable among youth that were designated female at birth, Researchers suggest that changes for youth designated at male at birth may take a longer course of treatment to really reach the desired uh, results. So that could be why um, youth who were assigned male at birth were not seeing as high of an effect um, in this study. Although the researchers also noted that factors like lower social expectation of trans feminine individuals could be partially to blame for this difference. Nevertheless, the research is more evidence that gender-affirming care for youth has numerous health benefits beyond the immediate benefits that it offers them. Now our next story, examining stroke risk in LGBT patients. Neurology Clinical Practice published a study finding that LGBT people may be at higher risk to experience a stroke at a relatively young age or to experience a recurrence of stroke when compared to their non-LGBT peers. The study compared LGBT patients with 78 non-LGBT patients, all of whom were treated for a stroke. Some risk factors for stroke, including HIV, syphilis, and substance use, were higher among the LGBT patients, potentially elevating their risk. Smoking rates and vascular health effects of discrimination were also on researchers' list of potential factors raising risk for LGBT patients, which suggests that providers should be aware of these issues and counsel patients accordingly. Next up, rural trans folks search for care. CBS News reported on the challenges facing trans folks in rural areas regarding access to gender-affirming care, which many providers outside of major urban areas either do not have training to provide, don't want to provide, or both. This can lead to long drives for those who are able to do so in order to receive routine and necessary care. 
Part of the problem is a lack of training on gender-affirming care in medical schools, which one organization in Colorado has addressed through a novel program to train rural providers on how they can offer gender-affirming care in their areas, which are certainly um, underserved. Now our next story, Scottish gender law to be blocked. Gay City News reported that the British government will be blocking a new Scottish law that would make it easier for people to change their legal gender marker. Those opposing the law signaled that it would violate rather than bolster gender protections in the broader British legal system, while advocates say it's important for trans people to have correct documents to be able to access services and live their lives safely and securely. The battle is also a proxy over how much authority the Scottish government should have with respect to broader Britain. And in our final story of the week, Cambodia poised for progress. And more news from abroad, the United Nations reported that Cambodia is well positioned to make progress on the social inclusion of LGBT people. The UN experts who visited the country found support for the dignity and value of LGBT people during government interviews and did not hear any reports of widespread or systemic violence in conversations with LGBT people. However, a lack of data on LGBT people in the country remains a major barrier to exploring these issues further. The UN encouraged Cambodia to move forward on three commitments under consideration, which include uh, recognition of same-sex relationships, making it possible to have gender marker changes, and implementing anti-discrimination laws. That concludes another week of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. Don't forget, if you want to check out any of these stories for yourselves, you can just go to blog.lgbthealthlink.org where you'll find all of those links. And I hope that you'll tune in next week for another edition of our Roundup.